Alright, so, um, can you tell me something I really didn't need to know? Hey, Mom, tell me something I didn't need to know. So how about let's learn something we really don't need to know. I don't know. Are we ever ready? We're always ready. Are you sure? No. Okay. I'm sure very little most days. No freaking doubt. Hi, everyone. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Mary. How are you? I'm amazing. Have you seen what's in my hand? Hello. Hello. Hello, my new friend. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. You are listening to Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know. I am Mary Swartz. I'm Hannah Green. And we're here to entertain you and fill your brain with a lot of crap. Things you didn't need to know. To the point where it explodes all over the place and people just walk around and go, ew. Okay, then. It's a lot of crap. I didn't need that visual, but thank you. It is telling me something I didn't need to know. Yes, but the, now now it's a visual. Now it's a visual. Do we make more money if we're visual? Uh, I've heard you do. We double it, don't we? We're doubling our salary right now, aren't we? <laughs> you know what zero times zero or zero yeah. times two is, right? Yep, yeah, I sure do. We just doubled our salary. Yes, we did. We're that good. Yes, yes we are. <laughs> anyway, how's your day going on? <laughs> it's been a day. Let's just leave it at that. It's been a day. <laughs> That's really funny. Although it's infinitely better because I have an amazing drink in my hand. Oh, hell yeah. Why don't you tell everybody about our drink today? Um, so what we have in our glasses t- today is uh, mashed up strawberries topped off with white sangria from St. Julian's. Delicious. St. Julian's is a winery located here in Michigan. Um, they have several different locations here in Michigan, and we are fans, to say the very oh, least. Very, very much so. If very you, much so. they do ship, if you're brave and you're okay with trying wines that you haven't already tasted, you can go online, order, they'll ship it right to you. It's awesome. You order a whole case, they ship for free. That's my favorite part. Oh, I know. It's great. Um, they frequently have very good sales. Their prices are really reasonable to begin with. If you live here in Michigan, all of their locations have tasting rooms. Go in, do a tasting, pick out some of your favorites. You won't regret it. Oh, no, you definitely will not. They we have a little... Never have. They have a little something for everybody. I mean... Yes, they have an amazing... They have a very extensive line of wines. Yes. So, fruity wines, sweet wines, dry wines, port... Um, they, they do, they honestly have a little bit of everything. They sure do. Reds, whites, rosés. Brown, green, pink. Um, they also make vodka, and I think there's at least one other spirit that they also make. I don't remember. I haven't bought anything spirits from them. Um, but yeah, so definitely if you get the opportunity, take a minute, check them out. Yeah. It's a whole bottle of deliciousness right there. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So Mary, what's happening on our other podcast? Alrighty. So, today being the 22nd, happy Sunday, everybody. Woo-woo. Next Wednesday on Murder, Mischief, and Moscato, you definitely need to put your listening ears in because this one is funny as hell. All right, murder's never really funny, but sometimes we make it a lot more humorous than it should be. Sometimes. Sometimes. So, Johanna covers the Icebox murders, which were (sighs) intriguing to me is the wrong word. Should have been solved. Definitely should have been solved. It does blow my mind that it is an unsolved case. If you make the choice to listen to it... Oh, you definitely need to listen to it. Then I also recommend when you're done, or even while you're listening, going online and searching images, because there are a lot of crime scene images that kind of help to fill in the picture. Oh, absolutely. If you look at the pictures while you're listening to the story. So... While Johanna's wasn't solved, and it should have been, mine was solved, and it was probably one of the funnier ones that I've ever done. And sometimes when we do an episode, I really wish we had video, because occasionally Johanna's face is the funniest part of the story. <laughs> so My face is always the funniest part of the story, let's be real. <laughs> um, so I covered yard sale bargains. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right, episode's over. I said, oh, Jesus. No, it has to be Jesus Christ. Oh, okay. Uh, And we drank Knickerbockers. Mm. Something brand new. 
Yeah. Um, on the following week, Wednesday, Wednesday, September 1st, on Murder, Mischief, and Moscato, the episode is called An Angel Comes to Call. Um, it was an amazing episode. Um, I covered the story of Angela Marie Samoda, and Hannah covered a story of Hannah. Hannah. Hannah Sabata. Yep. Having to do with mental disorders. Yeah. Um, and then we also had a another one bites the dust corner. We love little tidbit in there. We love another one bites the dust. Oh, I absolutely do. I absolutely. absolutely do. All right. A lot of fun. A lot of good stuff to listen to. So that's nice. what's coming up on the other podcast. Nice. Yeah, I know. Give them something to look forward to. Schedule that. Write it in your appointment book. Call in sick to work. I don't care. Well, it's Sunday, so the lucky few won't be working. I meant on Wednesdays. Oh, Wednesdays. 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 Yeah, yeah, definitely. Call in sick to work. Listen to it on your lunch break. Listen to it on your commute. Yeah. You know, wake up to us. It comes out at 6 a.m., 6 a.m., 6.30 a.m. I think you're usually scheduled for 6 a.m. So, something like that. It comes out bright and early. Yes. All right. Bright and early. Mary, hit us with a national day. Okay, well, August 22nd is National Tooth Fairy Day. Did you believe in the Tooth Fairy as a kid? I did. Our Tooth Fairy was rather not generous. No, our Tooth Fairy was quite tight-fisted. Although, I mean, when you think about the amount of teeth that they have to pay for in any given day worldwide, eh, maybe it's possible. All right, so if you wiggle a loose tooth, maybe the Tooth Fairy will collect it on August 22nd during the National Tooth Fairy Day. This day is actually celebrated twice a year. Right. It is also celebrated on February 28th. I did not know that. I didn't either. So the Tooth Fairy is usually a favorite of children. It actually started in the mid-20s with a group of healthcare fairies. They called themselves healthcare fairies. Okay. Yeah. Um, There was everything from bath fairies to fairy wand tooth whitener fairies. And they basically... um, did advertisements and health classes and encouraged children to eat their veggies, brush their teeth, get fresh air. You know, the kind of things that children should be doing. Yes. So, yeah, they had um, little health care fairies. In 1927, Esther Watkins Arnold actually took the, the thought of the Tooth Fairy and made it into a play. Oh. And the play was titled The Tooth Fairy. At the same point in time, and I've heard of this this next thing. I just didn't know that Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was involved in it. Okay. Um, he published photographs of two young girls surrounded by verified fairies. Oh yeah, I did know about about yes. the photos. Yes, right. one of my upcoming stories actually has a little bit about that in there. Okay. So Sir Arthur Conan Doyle claimed that fairies and gnomes existed, and that because they had these pictures. They had the photographic evidence to prove that and back him up. Nice. The following year, so in 1928, Esther Watkins' play actually began performing. Um, At that point in time, because of the play, children, who we know most of them have a very vivid imagination, would put their freshly lost teeth under their pillows, and they would anticipate a visit from the Tooth Fairy. That whole thing still lives on today. Right. Um, and over the years, the Tooth Fairy theme kind of varied a little bit. In 1942, there was a columnist named Bob Balf. He wrote in the Palm Beach Post about the Tooth Fairy. However, because it was wartime instead of money, when his children lost their teeth, their teeth, their Tooth Fairy brought war stamps. Oh. Like little war bonds. Yeah. Um, obviously money was very, very short, and that was an alternative. So... Today, the average payout for a lost tooth is between $3 to $4. Oh. Yes. I think we were lucky if we got a quarter. Yes. So, um, basically, if you want to observe it, you support your friendly neighborhood tooth fairy. You take care of your teeth. Share your tooth fairy stories, whether they're real or whether they're imagination, imagined. And use hashtag tooth fairy day to post about it on social media. All right, I have two things to add to your story. All right. Okay. One, several years ago, and this does occasionally pop up in my Facebook memories, when my children were young, I woke up Mm -hmm. with the knowledge one day. I don't 
know that it was related to a dream because I don't recall having a dream, but I woke up with this knowledge. When your children were young. When my children were young. And I shared it with them. That the reason it takes the tooth fairy so long to get to our house to collect their teeth and pay them for them is because the tooth fairy rides a bicycle and it's not magical. Wow, you suckered them right in, didn't you? I have no idea where this came from. I woke up one morning and I just knew to tell my children this. <laughs> okay. So that's the first thing. <laughs> okay. Second, that's the, the second. The second thing is that... That's ele- kind of cute, actually. I know, right? So, uh, 11 years ago in 2010, a movie called The Tooth Fairy actually came out. I did not know that. It starred The Rock, Dwayne Johnson... As the wow. Tooth Fairy. Oh, my God. So, this is the description. I'll just read it for oh you. Oh, my God. Is this something we need to watch? Yes. Ooh. I have not seen it. Ooh, so we need to put a link to this movie, don't we? Rough and tumble hockey player Derek Thompson, played by Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, is a terror on the ice, earning himself the nickname Tooth Fairy by separating opposing players from their choppers. When Derek dashes the dreams of a young fan, he is quickly sentenced to serve time as a real tooth fairy. Oh, my God. Complete with wings and magic wand. Holy shit. Though he can't handle the tooth at first, Derek's new job helps him to slowly rediscover the dreams that he gave up long ago. As adults, we forget. We do. We forget that childhood is magical. Yes, yes, and, we do. And as adults, we tend to stomp on our children's magicalness. Yes. Because we tell them it's not real when we should just shut our lips and learn from them. That is correct. We'll watch it together. Yes, we will. All right. You have a national day for us, I ma'am. do have a national day. Give me one second here because I accidentally closed my browser. Okay. I just need We're to- trying to be paper friendly right now. Trying, Yes. It just takes a few extra minutes. All right. So I picked this day in honor of our dad. Okay. Let me think. There could be a lot of things. Could be beer. Could be wine. Could be the family dinner that you brought these little teeny tiny one bite pecan torts to. And he put so much ice cream on that it was funny. And there you are. Right there. All right. August 22nd. Is National Pecan Tort Day. D freaking delicious. Johanna makes good pecan torts. If you want one, let her hit her up. She'll send you one. <laughs> oh, thanks for that. <laughs> They're good. You make good pecan <laughs> torts. I will send your services out. <laughs> <laughs> so as a as a baked specialty, the really cool thing about torts is that most of them have little to no flour in them. The crust is usually made with ground nuts yeah. and egg, sugar, things like that. And so they're they're gluten free, right? Which is awesome for me. Yeah. And then you put different kinds of filling in them, right? So the ones that I made were like little itty bitty one biters. They were they were, if you're an adult, basically one bite pecan pies, if yeah. you will. Yeah, I love. Oh, I love pecan pie. So, <clears throat> so that's that's the thing. And yes, on that particular dinner, Dad put a scoop of pecan. Butter pecan ice cream on the top of a each full size scoop. On, on top, top of, of each of these little one bite tarts. We have pictures of him eating them that way. So and it was funny. it was great. So funny. So pecans are amazing. Yeah. When I lived in Georgia, across the street from my house, there was a, an open field, an empty lot, if you will, and it was full of pecan trees. Ooh, and my kids baby. would go over and pick pecans off the ground and bring them in, and Ooh. we would Baby, break them oh, open. Yeah. yeah, fresh pecans. It was amazing. It would be that. Oh, so there are a few things about pecans that I thought would be cool to share with people. All right, let's share. The pecan tree is the only nut tree native to North America. Wow. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Wow. And I would have thought maybe a black walnut or something, but nope. That's it. Wow. Pecans actually have some health perks. For one oh, thing, good. pecans pack more than 19 vitamins and minerals. That includes A, B, E, folic acid, calcium, potassium, zinc. They're full of healthy fats, which are good for your heart health. Yeah. They are high in fiber, which is always good for energy or helping you to be regular. 
Yep. So they're good for you. Yeah. You we know, should have put them in our drink. Not necessarily so good for you when you cover them in eggs and sugar and, you know. Vanilla ice cream. Vanilla ice cream. And, <laughs> yeah. But. Hmm. I wonder who didn't shut the sound off on their laptop today. <laughs> That's usually me. That is usually you. Not today, though. I don't get to blame today. Uh, <laughs> so, you. I like to toast pecans and add oh, them yeah. to my salad. It like brings out the flavor a little bit. Yeah, so you just you know chop them up a little bit, put them in a skillet on really low heat, and just toast them a you little bit. You can toast them in the oven too. You, you can just, toast them in the oven you just too. Just have to yep. be careful to not over toast them. Yes, they're amazing, amazing. So along with today being pecan tort day, pecans okay. are so important. They have three other days. Oh my God. National Pecan Day, or as some people in the U.S. call them, pecans. They do. You're right. I or think. pecans. You're right. Depends on what part of the country you live in as to how you say it. Right. National Pecan Day is April 14th. Pecan Pie Day, July 12th. And Chocolate Pecan <gasps> Pie Day was two days ago on August 20th. Oh, damn it. We need to have a belated chocolate pecan pie. Or some pecan torts covered Damn. with whipped cream and ice cream. All right, I'm hungry now. Well, you have a full serving of fruit in your glass. Have a sip. <laughs> yeah, Ben. It's going to get awful giggly in this room. Oh, yeah. All right. So, so, celebrate pecan tort day. Hell yes. And go have a little Hell yes. treat. All right. Mary has some tidbits for us. Well, we've talked about this before. We've talked about it on both podcasts, I'm sure. But probably more on this one. Okay. I listened to a podcast called The Murder Squad. Yes. Okay. Um, their first episode was back in April of 2019. So, I mean, a little over two years ago. I didn't realize that they'd only been around such a short time. Yeah. So, one of the things is when I download my podcasts, a lot of times the new, the older episodes end up on the bottom and it takes me longer to get to them. You can but, actually but sort occasionally, that. I scroll down and I start at the bottom. I work my way up. You can sort them so that that they play oldest to newest. Okay. I did not know that. Yep, See, I'll teach you. I'm always learning shit. I know. Anyway, um, the first episode that they did was William Bradford, which okay. I am not familiar with. The second episode was Terry Rasmussen, which you and I are both very, very familiar with. Yes. yes the third episode yes. was Jeffrey Willis. Wow. Our little teeny tiny town. But that made international news. So made it's not- international news, made it on the Murder Squad, and it probably made it on other podcasts too. Yes. But I happen to like the Murder Squad. I happen to really like their format and the way they do things and the way they dissect things and the way they make it very personal and the way they're very human. Right. Um, they did a phenomenal job. Good. What I what I noticed about the third episode and probably the first two, was there's a huge difference between listening to them now and listening to them back then. Right. They were very new to the podcasting scene, obviously. Yes. Um, they did a really good job with it, and I learned some shit that I didn't even... I, I had never heard before or <sighs> never read before. It's probably stuff I know. It might be. I'll have it to listen. Be. I will have to listen. Yep. It is uh, the third episode for the Murder Squad. Yeah. Even if that's the only one you download. Well, and you and I have, have talked on occasion about that story and about whether yeah. or not we will do that story. Because I will do that story. If we, you don't wish to, that's okay. We have been asked repeatedly about it, that story, whether we will cover it on our other podcasts. <laughs> and I will decline to cover it because I have ties on both sides of that story. And out of yes. respect for the people involved, I won't. I will not cover that story. Um. But yeah, yeah, I will cover that story. But yeah, it was really, it was just really cool um, because they actually took our little tiny town and they kind of brought it to life on the air, and it was just really cool listening to them. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And everything. Well, the biggest thing that happened happened at the gas station that my husband happens to stop at every night before he goes to work. So he actually knew the woman involved. Yep, he actually knew her. And said she was just the nicest. The nicest. But there were some things that I learned that really, really, really pissed me off. 
Like, oh. like it didn't have to happen. No, it didn't. So, no, there's there are a lot of of things that that if you dig deep enough or if you have connections, you would know. And yeah. that is so. That's part of why I won't cover it because right. I have information that I know that shouldn't be out there because it's personal to some people and. And so, and you need to respect that. Yes, out of respect for the people involved on both sides, who were innocent victims, um, I will decline to be involved in. That I story. think anytime, anytime you have a criminal, whether it be a red collar criminal, whether it be a murderer, whether you know whatever, you have a lot of innocent victims. On really both, on both sides. On all sides, and absolutely, that is, yeah. I mean, it's very easy for people to be angry at the perpetrator's family and friends. Yeah. However, I can tell you, because of that situation, that there were a lot of innocent victims on his side who had nothing to do with it, who knew nothing about his his activities, and whose lives have been... Never changed. In horrible, horrible, horrible yeah. ways. All right. Let's move on to something else. Yeah. All right. You ready? Yes. Let's comfort food. Let's talk about comfort food. Pecan torts. That was Dad's comfort food. <laughs> yeah, but it's still. It's mm. a wonderful memory. Mm. They are good. My comfort go-to food is peanut butter and jelly. Mm. Okay? I don't know why. It just is. Well, let's talk about macaroni and cheese. Oh, my God. Definitely macaroni and cheese. a comfort food. It is definitely. And I always, I almost always make mine homemade. Yep. So it's never quite the same every time, but it's always delicious. I love it. It's cheesy. It's creamy. It's warm and buttery. You know what? You want to kick yours up a notch? Yeah. Okay. Take some panko. Okay. Oh, I have some of that. Okay. Put it in a skillet with some garlic butter. Okay. On low, toast the panko okay. in the garlic butter. Put it on top of your mac and cheese and throw it in the oven for about three minutes. Ooh. All right. It will take it to a whole new level. All right. Everybody heard it here first. All right. Okay. Mac and cheese. It's comfort food for a whole lot of people around the entire world. Oh, yeah. All right. For sure. Americans eat a lot of macaroni and cheese. <laughs> we eat a measly average of five boxes a month. Your average American, five boxes a month. So if you don't eat five boxes a month, somebody else is eating your portion. That's insane. Okay. But Canadians consume... 55% more mac and cheese than Americans. Okay, so if we eat five boxes a month. They eat about seven and a half. I was going to say seven and a half to eight. Yeah. Wow. Per person. The Kraft Canadian Mac and Cheese Factory. Gross. Because there is one. Sorry, I'm not a Kraft Mac and Cheese girl. Puts out an average of three to four million boxes a week. Are you kidding me? Nope, because Canada's eating mac and cheese. Wow. All right. Ice cream. Mm. That's another comfort food. Yeah. You have a favorite flavor? Uh, yes, I do. And here's my problem. You have several, don't you? No. <laughs> Literally one mile from my house, there is an ice cream shop that is open like May through October. And their prices are ridiculously cheap. Like you can get a triple scoop for like three bucks. Oh, holy crap. I get a baby, and it's two scoops. It's massive. Massive. Holy crap. And it's like $2.55. It's ridiculous. Okay. Triple peanut butter cup, Mary. Ooh. See, it depends on what I'm in. Peanut butter ice cream with peanut butter swirl and peanut butter chocolate cups okay. in it. But sometimes Ugh. I'm in the mood for something else. Toasted sometimes, coconut. Sometimes I don't want sweet. So sometimes I maybe I'll go with a butter pecan. Yep. Sometimes... As a child, mint chocolate mint chip. Mint chocolate chip. Holy all crap. the way. Over Jones ice cream. Yes. All the way. Yes. Okay. So ice cream is another comfort food. The average American consumes 23 pounds of ice cream every year. Oh, God. I thought you were going to say like a month. And I was like, oh, my God. No wonder we're fat. It's cold. It's refreshing. It comes in a lot of flavors. Here's some facts on ice cream. And I know you have no clue where this is going. Keep going. Okay. I'm hoping it's going to end up with a mimosa made with orange sherbet. I don't have any orange sherbet in my freezer. We'll go check the freezer out in a minute. Okay. It takes 12 pounds of milk to produce one gallon of ice cream. That's a lot of milk for one gallon of ice cream. The average number of licks to finish one scoop of ice cream is 50. How many calories do you burn? I don't know. I didn't look up the calories. 
United States consumes the most ice cream in the world, followed by Australia and then Norway. Now, I would not have guessed Norway, but it works. The most popular flavor is vanilla and then chocolate, and 90% of Americans have ice cream in their freezer right now. Do you have ice cream in your freezer? How about if I decline to answer that question? How much ice cream do you have in your freezer? I have, I think, seven different flavors right now. I only have three. Sorry. But I don't eat it very often either. Um, I don't. I honestly don't. I would just like to point out that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have eight flavors, and I only purchased one of them. Okay. So, comfort food. Comfort food. We have macaroni and cheese. Yes. We have ice cream. Yes. And what do you get when you mix them? Oh, my God. I saw this, (laughs) and it made me want to vomit. And did you see how fast it sold out? Oh, God. Oh, it's a limited edition flavor. It is created in celebration of National Macaroni and Cheese Day by Kraft Macaroni and Cheese and the ice cream company Van Leeuwen. Now, I saw Van Leeuwen at work, by the way. They make interesting flavors. Apparently, they do. Uh, So this limited edition flavor of ice cream hit stores not long ago. It received its fair share of public outcry on social media, obviously. I... Cannot even imagine. I mean, if somebody gave me a free sample, I would try it. Mm, I wouldn't. I would try it. You tried the wine. You would have to try the ice cream. I didn't try cheese-flavored wine. You tried the wine that I spit out. Yeah, so? You would have to try the ice cream. Anyway, no matter the public outcry and all the people that thought it was gross, it still sold out nearly everywhere it was put. Yes. Everywhere, and really quickly. Yeah, like, insanely quickly. So the two companies got together, and they wanted to combine two of the most iconic comfort foods to create an ice cream with the unforgettable flavor of Kraft macaroni and cheese that we all grew up with. Okay. The ice cream is gluten-free, so you can try it. and carries with it Kraft macaroni and cheese's iconic yellow-orange color. It sells for $12 a pint. Yeah. $12 a pint. Now, yes. I thought Ben & Jerry's was expensive at three-something. Yeah. A pint? And their freaking $12 pint ice cream sold out? Mary. There's some bullshit here. Mary, I sell pints of Van Leeuwen at, at work. It's very expensive. Your customers are insane. I sell Van okay. Leeuwen's honeycomb ice cream. That doesn't sound horrible. I know. Okay. Van Leeuwen also has an Earl Grey tea ice cream, which I would try. Yes, it's Earl also $12 a pint, just so you know. It's insane. They got so much response to this ice cream that their website actually crashed. Yes. So there's a writer for the Eater magazine. Yes. Her name is Amy McCarthy. Okay. She says, it is definitely cheesy. It's a little funky, a little salty, and a little sweet. But altogether, she says, I would say it just kind of comes together. It's very creamy, it's buttery, and it's a lot better than you think it's going to be. Now, unless it's free, I'm going to have to pass. Yeah, me too. Personally. Me too. My wallet doesn't open that far. Yeah. They do have some really interesting flavors. Like I said, I do sell their honeycomb ice cream at work. And that doesn't sound bad. I mean, honestly, honey and ice cream kind of go together hand in hand, in my opinion. I wouldn't pay that much money for it. I I don't think any ice cream in the world is worth $12 a pint. I also sell two of their kinds of bars. I sell raspberry cheesecake bars. And I sell toffee brown sugar bars. I sell a lot of them. As expensive as it is. That's insane. It has to be good ice cream. I've never seen it anywhere else in our town. I don't know who else in our town carries it, but I saw a lot. That's insane. So, the number of calories that you would burn licking an ice cream cone. You had to look this up, didn't you? Of course I did. Okay. Now, this one doesn't talk about how much it takes, how many you burn per, per scoop. This is how many you would burn... In half an hour. Constant licking or is it occasional licking? It it says how many calories would I burn licking an ice cream cone for 30 minutes? Okay. And the answer is 25. Not nearly worth it. Not nearly worth it. I would agree with you. Not nearly worth it. I would agree. Alright. So we're gonna go to Texas now. Texas. Texas. Okay. The Texas Police Department have something to tell us. All right. Okay. The Texas Police Department in a little town called Fullshear said that they had to respond to a report of an unknown suspect that wandered into a resident's backyard and decided to go for a swim in their hot tub. 
Is it a bear? The department said that the officers arrived on the scene after being called. And they uh, actually observed the swimming, the suspect swimming naked, without any apparent regard to the owner's wishes. Okay. They also stated that the alligator resisted at first, but eventually was arrested and later released without any further incident. (laughs) Nope, not a bear. (laughs) So I came across something in my research about how many calories it would take to burn, or how many calories you would burn eating ice cream. Okay, but we're back to the ice cream. You're just in not going to no, no, let the in, ice cream in a, go. In a roundabout way. Okay. There's a doctor that suggests that an ice diet could help people lose weight. Probably. Because A, you're ingesting water. And Which has no calories, and you're actually having to chew it. And your body burns calories melting the ice mm-hmm. and heating it up and whatnot. Yep. So, if everybody... Eight, a liter of ice a day, you could actually end up losing weight. Which is a little over a quart. Yes. Yes. So we all go on the ice diet. And he is a practicing gastroenterologist. So we're all going to go on the ice diet now, thanks to Hannah. Yes. Yes. So if you are looking to lose weight, <clears throat> this doctor, his name is Wiener. You know what? And it is spelled W-E-I-N-E-R. I've always wanted to see Dr. Weiner. I will say, however, it may be pronounced Weiner or some other way, but it is spelled Weiner, so we're For calling him Dr. Us, it's Dr. Weiner. Dr. Weiner <clears throat> does suggest an ice diet, okay? Because when you eat a significant amount of ice, your body burns energy to melt it, and again, you're also ingesting Extra water and things. Yeah, you're staying hydrated. Which most people know that by increasing your water intake, you can actually help yourself lose weight. Mm-hmm. So win-win. We're all going on the ice diet now. And for most people, ingesting a liter of ice a day should be safe. So. All right. There you go. Cool. I just thought I'd share that with you. Sweet. Because it's weird and people don't need to know. People don't need to know that shit. All right. Or- we're going to go to Scotland now. Oh, Scotland. Yes, we're going to go to the Scotland Library. Oh, love libraries. Oh, I do. I love libraries. The workers at a Scottish library said that they were very surprised to open a package that arrived recently in the mail. And what they discovered was an overdue book that they believe might have been checked out 53 years ago. Oh, my gosh. 53 years ago. So Linda Flynn, who is the team supervisor at the Paley Central Library in Renfrewshire, I probably butchered that, Probably. So she opened up the padded envelope that arrived at the facility, and she discovered a copy of Mrs. Belbeer Singh's Italian, Indian, sorry, Indian cookery. She also discovered an anonymous note in about $28 in cash. Oh. The anonymous note said, Please accept my apologies for the late return of this book. Enclosed is a token payment in recognition of this oversight. Thank you. Police are, are the... Linda Flynn, the supervisor, said that the library staff believe the book was checked out in 1968, but their records don't actually go back that far, so the identity of the person who checked it out remains a mystery. Oh. It is very rare to have a book returned after being overdue for so many years. The library kind of suspected that the book had just been lying around in a bookshelf or a cupboard. Probably. <clears throat> Maybe the owner passed away, it was recently discovered, whatever, and then it was returned. However, the library... Doesn't charge overdue fines. Oh. So they donated the money to charity. That was very kind of them. I thought so, too. It's Scottish. They're wonderful people there. Well, they could have also used it to, you know, purchase more books or something yeah. else. But I'm glad that they found a That's good way to put the money to, to use. Yes. Very cool. I know. All right. The Scottish people are awesome. <clears throat> I would like to visit Scotland someday. The pictures look beautiful. Yes. Yeah, and I'm not one of those people that want to go, really go abroad much, but they do. There are a couple of countries that I would very much like to visit. Scotland's one of them. Greece is another. Greece would be freaking amazing. I would someday really like to visit Greece. All right. All right. You ready for a story? Yeah. We've all heard about odd things that have been discovered underwater. Yeah? Yes. Yes, we have. 
especially recently with the climate change and stuff. Yes. You know, we have all the evaporations. So you have like lakes are actually disappearing and you're finding like wagons from the 1800s and stuff in towns. And yeah, a lot of stuff is being discovered underwater. Weird creatures, sunken ships, Mm -hmm. a Stonehenge right here in Michigan. Ooh. And even full cities. Yes. Also, cars and planes and trains. A train? Yes, trains. Okay. I was not expecting a train. On June 6, 1910, Canadian Railway Locomotive number 694, a four-year-old locomotive that was pulling a freight train, was running down its track near the town of Marathon, Ontario. It was shortly before sunrise. And on this morning, the train was crewed by engineer Frank Wheatley, fireman E. Clark, and brakeman J. McMillan. They were all from a town called Schreiber, Ontario, which I think is about 35 miles from where this took place. Okay. All right. There was nothing out of the ordinary about this day or about this run. Average day, average run. Probably did it all the time. Yep. Just like every other run that the crew had done. But this run would not end the same way, and the people of Marathon, Ontario, would never forget. More than 100 years later, the people of the town still share the story of this particular day. This train line follows the curve of Lake Superior. It is 65 feet below the train track on one side of the track. Okay, so the lake is 65 feet below. Yes. Okay. And so the train runs along the edge of the lake. The right. lake is 65 feet below Yep. on one side. And on okay. the other side, there's a huge rock face. Okay? Okay. Now, growing up in Michigan, we're very familiar with Lake Superior. But I know we have a lot of listeners that might not be. So uh, let me share you a few facts with you about Lake Superior. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's tell them about Lake Superior. Lake Superior is the world's largest freshwater lake by surface area. It is the third largest in the world by volume. It has an average depth of 483 feet. This is not... That's yeah. deep. In fact, it has so much water in it that it could cover all of North America and South America in a foot of water. Wow. Yeah. The average temperature is a mere 40 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's if you take the temperature all year long, add right, them together, average it out. and average it out. Right. However, in the winter months, it can reach 30 degrees below Fahrenheit. Holy crap. Needless to say, this is a very cold and very deep lake. And having taken a dip in it personally, I will tell you, I don't recommend it. Because I did it in the middle of the summer, and it was f-ing cold. <clears throat> cold. Did you say effing cold? Oh, Seriously. Seriously. I think I was about 10 or 11, though. So, you know, dad says, just so you know, it's going to be really cold. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. How cold can it be? It's the middle of summer. We're dying. Yeah. Yes, because we were in Ontario. Okay. So, yeah, definitely not something I recommend. Burr. So, it's big. It's deep. It's It's cold. cold. Okay. In the early morning hours of June 6, 1910, as the train was coming down the track, and this is a curvy, sinuous route, Passing Mink Harbor, which is what the harbor in the water below is called. Okay. The crew spotted something on the tracks, and they were barreling straight for it, full steam ahead. How the hell does something get on the tracks way up 65 feet in the air? It's a rock slide. (gasps) Oh, that's right, because they were right next to the Okay, they had a rock wall on the other side. Okay. There's no possible way the train's going to miss it, and there's no way that they can stop the train in time. That is an awful, awful way to go. So the brakeman, McMillan, he did the only thing he could think of to try to save himself. Jumped. He threw himself off the train. Woo! That's my kind of guy. Jumped right out. Tragically, it didn't work. It wasn't going to work either way. His body was later recovered next to the tracks. I couldn't find any official cause of what his death was, but I can hope that it was quick and hopefully painless. Right. Broken neck, something. Right. I well, sixty-five feet. Yeah, I would. I would imagine. Well, it was. he didn't throw himself <clears throat> off into the lake. He threw himself off the other side. Oh, he should have gone the other way. So, the train smashed into the rock slide, and then it plunged 
over the side of the cliff. Yeah. It ended up in the cold, dark depths of Lake Superior, and it sank. The locomotive, the tender car, and some boxcars, they all went over. So we still had two guys left on the train, too. Yep. There was no stopping the train going over, and the two remaining crewmen went over with it. For years, everybody knew the train was there, but there just wasn't any way to get to it, to recover it, to do anything about it. Right. Thankfully, technology advances with time, and people don't forget about a tragedy like this. Right. In 2014, a local diver, his name's Terry Irvine, became determined to find the wreckage. Good for him. He had more than 30 years of diving experience, and he had actually been diving local Ontario wrecks in Lake Superior for at least the past decade. He got together with a few other experienced divers that he knew. Shouldn't be that hard, they figured. They knew more or less where the train went over. Right. It only took the group three dives to find the wreckage. There was a huge debris field, and it was at a depth of 235 feet. That's a long way down. It is. It was clearly the wreckage from the train. One of the boxcars was located. They also found the front wheels of the locomotive. They're called pony wheels. I don't okay. know why they call them that, but that's what they call them. A manual hand cart with CP on it was located. The CP stood for Canadian Pacific Railway. They did not locate the locomotive. It was nowhere to be seen. And nothing they found was salvageable. Another few years passed. And then in 2016... The group that had found the wreckage paired up with another underwater recovery expert. Okay. His name is Tom Crossman. He is a retired captain from the St. Louis County Rescue Squad. He owns his own recovery equipment, a boat, sonar, etc. And he also owns a small ROV. ROV stands for Remote Operated Submersible or Vehicle. So... Crossman's ROV is the size of a small shoebox, and it's perfect for locating wreckage that can be hard for a human diver to find. Okay, yeah, because it's too far down or something. So, first of all, an ROV can obviously stay underwater a lot longer than mm-hmm. humans can. The temperature doesn't affect it really like right. that. And because it's only the size of a shoebox, it can get into a lot of places that humans, humans can't go. Yes, not like a railroad locomotive is going to hide in a small spot but it's equipped with a camera which they can they can see on a screen up on the boat on the surface on july 22nd 2016 armed with the coordinates from the 2014 discovery it took the group less than an hour to locate their goal tucked into the rock face of the cliff a mere 200 feet from where the box car had been found they found the locomotive it blended in with the boulders, which were the size of cars. Wow. Everything was really beat up, which... It, it would be. Yeah, exactly. Not a big surprise when you consider what it went through before it came to rest. Well, not only that, but how many other rock slides happened after that? that, yeah, that yep, and it's hitting. been... Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's been, you know, it's made out of metal. It's located in water. Yep. Yep, so seriously bad shape, not salvageable. Okay. The video footage and the images can be found online pretty easily. I actually viewed it. I would call it eerie, but also in an odd way, it was kind of beautiful. You know, like if you've ever seen the footage from the Titanic. Right. Eerie, but also beautiful. Right. Yeah, it brings a little bit of closure to somebody. Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah. The expedition still has hopes of someday finding the bell or the whistle and hopefully even the builder's plate from the train. They would like to donate them to a local museum and keep the story of the lost men and the train alive for others. At some point, although I could not find an exact date or any details, the body of the engineer Frank Wheatley was recovered. Oh, good. He was buried in Thunder Bay. His gravestone is an elaborate logo of the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers. Unfortunately, the body of the fireman was never found. He'll still be alive today. Sadly, this isn't the only train to be found underwater. Oh my God. There are a ridiculous amount of them, to be honest. My research turned up at least 27 different locomotives underwater in Canada alone. Oh my God. That doesn't include any other country in this world. That's insane. In That's Canada insane. alone, 27. <clears throat> I can't even begin to wrap my head around how many there are in the world. 
and how many lives have been lost in those wrecks. Not only the lives, but the damage to the ecological system in the water can't yes. be good when you no. throw an entire train in the water and leave it there. I yeah. think if you're the train company and you're making profits off of running materials or people riding, then you should be responsible for wreckage cleanup, too. I really do. I agree. Come, <clears throat> you know, this story, however, I mean, took place in 1910. So, right. I mean, that wasn't even a remote possibility. Right. But, yeah, at least 27 that different locomotives insane. in Canada alone. No, I would never have even guessed that. Yeah. Lake Superior. Sucks them up. It's, well, and the the ones in, there's more than one in Lake Superior, but the 27 different ones are all through Canada. Um, I did come across an article about some, I want to say, found in New Jersey in water. There are some that have been purposely sunk in, like, quarries and stuff. Why would you purposely sink a train? There's all kinds of weird stuff out there. You just... You never know what's going to be found under the water. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. You are right. So, yeah. That is crazy. It's just kind of eye-opening. That is insane. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting little, you know. It is cool. It is cool. I'm glad that people are trying to keep that story alive and, and, you know, the memories of the men. But, yeah, what a bizarre, bizarre thing to, to find. All right. Nice job. Got a story for us, Mary? You like to dance? Um, not in public. I dance like a drunk white girl. You know how I tell, say I, I run like a drunk duck? I dance like... I dance less coordinated than a drunk white girl. Okay. I look great from the top up. Just don't look at anything else. It's good in your head. It's great I'm in have, your head. I'm having a good time. That's You know what? To me, that's important. That's the only thing that's important. So you might know it by the waltz, the tango, the cha-cha. The funny thing is, is that I wrote this story a long, long time ago. Okay. And Johanna actually brought it up when she did her 35 Stupid Ways to Die. <laughs> it was one of the first ones. Yes. And that was a freaking funny episode. So there's a dance for everybody. But what if you couldn't stop doing it, no matter how much you wanted to stop? So we're going to go back to the year 1518 in July. We're in France. And the residents of Strasbourg, France, found themselves twisting their lives away when a mysterious ailment caused hundreds of people to dance nonstop through the days of summer. They danced all the way into September. First of all, you could say they were burning up the dance floor. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it worked way more effectively than the ice diet. Uh, yeah. So a woman by the name of Fra Trofetta kicks off the dance-a-thon by dazzling crowds with her moves. She's just phenomenal. People gather, they're watching her. She apparently is a much better dancer than you or I, except in our imaginations. The people that are watching, they're clapping, they're cheering, they're egging her on, they're invigorated because she seems to have serious joyfulness and a whole lot of energy going into her dance. Her dance continued by herself for six days straight. She danced alone for six days, day and night for six days. Which, you know, here's the thing. She's not eating. Nope. She's not drinking. She's not sleeping. She's not sleeping, which is incredibly dangerous for your brain. It's all incredibly dangerous for your brain. Well, we don't know that she wasn't drinking. People could have been handing her something. I don't know. I don't know. She wasn't stopping to use the bathroom, which is kind of horrifying. Which is a little horrifying. After six days, other people began to join her. Dozens of people started dancing along with her. And with that, the dance craze officially struck the city. And by August... The dance craze had claimed 400 victims. This is insane. This is insane. While some people think the dancing the night away might sound like a really good time, it turns out that if you continue it for days and weeks and months, really don't have the same effect. It was basically a hysterical shimmy, shimmying and shaking, and local physicians were extremely baffled by what was going on, why it was going on, how to stop it. And they decided that the people who were dancing should be bled. Because, oh, it's, well, at that point in time, that was pretty much their answer for everything. Yes. Stick them with leeches and bleed them. The town basically said, no, you're not bleeding our dancers. And they, the town people instead determined <clears throat> that the dancers should continue dancing until their fever went away. They figured the people have a fever, they'll just dance the fever away. Oh. Starve, what is it? Starve a cold and 
I don't remember how that, what's that saying is. Feed a cold and starve a fever. There you go. So the people of town even built a stage. What happens if you have a cold with a fever? You're kind of screwed. Dance. You'll be fine. (laughs) Okay. So the people of town built a stage for the dancers, and they even hired some professional musicians to come in and decided, you know what? These people are dancing anyway. Let's just have a a marathon. What does the winner get? Sleep. (laughs) I don't know. Well, soon enough, obviously, you can only go so long. Yeah. And people started fainting from exhaustion. People actually danced to themselves to death, which you did mention. Yep. People suffered strokes. People suffered heart attacks and died. And at one point in time during the summer, 15 people every day were dying from this dancing. They were compelled to dance. There was something going on in their head. Their brain. I would almost say it was in their brain. Wow. Causing them to dance. So when it became... But was it actually dancing or was it some sort of fit? I think... I, I don't know. I wasn't there. Right. That's. But I'm just wondering. You know what I mean? So eventually it became very clear that continuing the dance wasn't going to solve the problem. This okay. marathon, not helping. Professional musicians, not taking care of it. The town decided to pray the, the fever away. Oh, dear God, we all know how praying something away works yes. so well. So they turned to religion, and they began to pray. And they determined at that point in time that St. Vitus had cursed the city with a dancing plague. That's what they came up with. Oh, all right. St. Vitus was angered by the town because the residents of the town had committed nefarious acts. Oh, nefarious. Nefarious acts. So the town officials cracked down on gambling. They cracked down on prostitution in an attempt to make the Catholic saint happy and lift the curse from the town. Okay. No gambling, no prostitution. They're kind of out of work. Darn it. In September, the plague ended as quickly as it had begun. The dancing stopped. Just, boop, stopped. And life returned to normal. So whether you believe this story or not, it actually isn't just an urban legend. It actually was very heavily documented. Um, And this wasn't the only time the dancing plague actually hit a town. It was simply the largest reported incident. Okay. At least 10 other dancing epidemics occurred along the Rhine and Mosul rivers in Germany, Holland, and Switzerland around the same time. Okay. All these epidemics or plagues, whatever you want to call them, Follow times of hardship. <laughs> okay. So when you tell me that the epidemics occurred along these two rivers, I almost think it's something in the water. That's right. That I mean, that's what I was just wondering. There have been plenty of theories over the years about what exactly caused the phenomena. Was it actually the curse of St. Vitus? Was it a psychological outbreak caused by stress from the disease and the famine that were going through the area at the time? Right. Was it an elaborate stunt put on by members of... A religious cult. I don't agree with that one at all because I don't think people back then would die at such high rates for No, religion. I actually had a thought that I'm trying to look up. Another theory suggested that the people who were dancing may have consumed rye, which is a grain. That's exactly where I was going. The rye contained ergo, ergot, yeah. which is a toxic mold that produces hallucinations and convulsions. Yeah, I kind of wondered whether when you started talking about it happened in other towns and they were all along these rivers, I wondered if it was a mold or a fungus or a, you know what I mean? Something yeah, because you're, that people and, had and been if exposed it started, to. If it started in the water and that's how they water their crops. Right, and whether it started in the water or whether it was something in the air. Um, you know, I mean, mold and fungus spores spread really easily through the air. Right. Yeah, which which is kind of what made me wonder if this was something caused by something they were exposed to or had ingested. So remember that we had hardship. We had disease. We had famine. So we're going to keep that in mind. Okay. So while we're never ever going to know what created this whole dance hysteria that happened in these towns, there is a disorder. It's called Sydenham's chore which is also known as St. Vitus's Dance. Okay. It affects children, and it is characterized by jerky, uncontrollable movements of the muscles of the face, the arms, the legs, and your trunk. 
So basically your, your body, your yeah. core body. Yeah. It often appears in children between the ages of 5 and 15. It is more common in girls than in boys. Okay. It is usually followed. It is usually, you usually get it following an attack of rheumatic fever. Which okay. Which was very common. Yes, it was. Uh, and it can occur up to six months after the fever has completely cleared. It is thought to result from an autoimmune reaction to the streptococcal infection. At this point in time, in our lifetime, it's relatively rare. Right. It may occur in about 25% of children who actually have rheumatic fever. Which is a pretty rare thing anymore. Yes, it is very rare. So, I mean, you have all these theories. There is no specific treatment for Sydenham's chore, and the symptoms usually resolve themselves in approximately three to six months which is kind of what happened in this town that we're talking yeah. about. And we don't have data as to we how... July, August, and September. We don't months. have any kind of data as to how old the people involved were, how old no, the people we who do were not. dying, or anything else. We do not. The only thing we have is that a woman by the name of Fra Trufetta started it off. Right. Okay? For anyone who's not aware, St. Vitus is the patron saint of epileptics, dancers, and actors. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. I had no idea that the epileptics had a patron saint. They do. All right. They do. So lots of different theories. I tend to think that it came from the grain, maybe transferred from the water because all the towns were along these same two rivers. Something yeah. got in the water. Hard to say. Yeah. And you know, whether we're it's, talking a lot of years ago. Whether it started in the water and transferred to crops or whether it started on crops and runoff rain, etc. Right. Wash it from the crops into the river. I would be more inclined to agree that yes. Came from food from a food source. Some sort of mold mold, fungus, etc. Something airborne or that they ingested. Yep. Yeah. That would definitely be my guess. Yep. Very so, interesting. Yep, just a little tidbit story. Um yeah. Good. Good. Yeah, I have a I have another story in mind to do maybe next episode. Yeah, it was kind of funny. When you did the 35 Stupid Ways to Die, I had already done this story. That's funny. Yeah, well, occasionally... We do that. Occasionally, one of us will mention something that the other one already has a story written on, or we will have stories written that we haven't recorded yet that then listeners will suggest to us. Oh, yes. That has happened awesome. numerous times. Which is kind of awesome. All right. Good story. Thank you to everyone who stopped by spent some of their time with us it's we, valuable we appreciate it oh yeah very much so i appreciate this drink we have you said the drink oh yeah i do appreciate this drink good this is my eyes going yes i appreciate this drink well it is a lovely drink it's today lovely we hope that you enjoyed our stories today if you have thoughts comments ideas suggestions critiques applause feel free to share them with us you can find us on facebook at Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know, or at TMSIDNTK at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at TMSIDNTK. If you are a podcaster who would like to cross-advertise, reach out to us. You can DM us, you can message us, you can email us. We're more than happy to cross-advertise. We'd love to try to help out other indie podcasts and help grow our podcast together we could not do this without each and every one of you who are listening right now and we han and i both thank each and every one of you for giving us the opportunity to have this much fun in our lives oh my gosh it is so much fun if you have enjoyed your short stop with us please feel free to follow the podcast you can subscribe it will automatically download them to you that way. You will never miss an episode. It doesn't cost anything to follow us and subscribe. We don't charge anything at all. Nope. Um, and also, if you are listening on a... We might have to start charging. We just doubled our salaries. <laughs> if you are listening on a streaming device app platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review... We would ask that you take a minute and do that. It really means the world to us. It lets us know how we're doing. It helps us get our name out there to other listeners who might enjoy us as well. If you have enjoyed your time with us and 
you are struggling to find a better way to listen to us than however you currently are, or if you have someone who would like to listen to us but isn't sure where to find us, we're pretty much everywhere. Almost any podcast platform at this point in time. We're on iHeart and Podcast and Google and Apple and... Literally most of them. Podchaser, yeah. Podbean, uh, Podcast Addict, Radio Overcast. Public. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We are, we are in so many different places. Yeah, it's amazing. It is. It's super amazing. I love it. So, of course, the co this podcast is co-hosted by Mary Swartz and Hannah Green. Mary does our editing. And I more or less handle our social media. She does. She does a wonderful job with all of our social media. So know that if you reach out to us and it's responded, probably nine times out of ten, it's Hannah responding to you. (laughs) Because I haven't figured out the whole Twitter thing yet. I can do our Google, our Gmail, Twitter. Well, also, Facebook does auto-respond, but if you... um, You'll get like a weird auto response from from Facebook's message, but then after that, you will be talking probably to me. So keep it clean if you message me. Got that? If you message me, you don't have to. <laughs> I like anyway. it a little dirty. <laughs> Final thought till next time. I got nothing. This is delicious. This life is, is delicious. Life is delicious. That is an awesome final thought. Have a great week, guys. Bye. Bye bye. a long black train coming down the line feeding off the souls that are lost and crying rails of sin only evil remains watch out brother for that long black train look to the head You can find redemption staring back into your eyes There is protection and there's peace the same Burn in your ticket for that long black train Cause there's victory in the Lord I say Victory
That devil's driving that long black train.